0: Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodman and Pastor Brett Bo continue their discussion with author Gretchen Brnovick. Being Lutheran is sponsored by the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary, establishing students in the eternal and inerrant Word of God for a life of faith in Jesus Christ and faithful service in His Kingdom since 1964. Learn more and apply at flbc.edu.
1: Welcome to the Being Lutheran podcast. I am Pastor Brett Bowe, and I'm joined by... Pastor Jason Godum and, and? there you go. Yes. got it this time. All right.
0: <laughs>
2: well,
0: I mean, we had to, it, I mean, it took like Adam, like seven or eight episodes before he got it right. So you're way ahead of the curve. Yeah. And I
2: kind of jumped the gun a little bit that last time I'll have oh, to come right. on a different time and get the timing just right. So. Well, maybe I'll be Sounds more timely true.
0: when your next book comes out. <laughs>
1: there you go.
0: Uh, So where we go from here, uh, I encourage you to listen to the last week's episode uh, for Gretchen talking about her book Ragged. Uh, But something we really don't get an opportunity to talk about much just because of our own perspective as pastors on the podcast is ministry that is dedicated to ministering to women. You know, uh, as pastors, Brett, Adam, and I have all had women in our congregations, and uh, I am involved in discipling relationships with women in my congregation. But but ministering to women is a different, uh, uh, to 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 sound crass maybe a different beast uh, than typical ministry and. From my perspective, with all the female friends that I have, it's not done well.
2: Yeah, it has a unique set of challenges. That's for sure. Yeah.
0: So to start, is there. Uh, a training class you all go through to learn how to post on Instagram when it co- <laughs> <laughs> is, is that what we're missing? I mean, I mean that's kind of the, the starting problem child when it comes to ministering uh, in general with social media, but it, it especially seems to plague uh, women uh, more is that you, you have this picture perfect lifestyle that you advertise to the world as the epitome of, Saul our Proverbs 31 godliness.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think um women consume a lot more um Christian publishing resources. We post more online and um Instagram. There's um there's a lot of um interaction. And what comes with that is sometimes some exposure to some really weird theology that we can um I think a lot of us really can easily get sucked into that, um, pastors may not even be aware of and, um, knowing how to address that and, and how to, um, to root women in sound theology is, is a, a huge passion of mine. So, yeah.
1: So, so Gretchen, um, you know, I, I think to some extent, a number of us who have, kind of become thoroughly Lutheran or or kind of come to uh, grasp our Lutheran identity we, we kind of go through this uh, this process of examining other things like last time you mentioned you know hanging out with charismatics for a while um, mm-hmm. what's been your story in, in thinking about this topic and uh, how, how have your personal experiences uh, with with this as Jason has introduced it um, shaped? Where you are today uh, in thinking about it,
2: yeah, I think um, so i I grew up in the Lutheran brethren, um, and it's interesting uh, my my grandparents were missionaries and church planters, and I remember when i was uh, they lived with us for a couple of years, and I remember um telling my grandpa when I was six, that, um, I wanted to share the gospel like he did, like I, like, like vocationally. And he was just, he, he was like, you could, you know, totally be a missionary and, and, you know, you can share, um, share the gospel. And my grandma was, she had overheard it. And she's like, so if you, if you want to tell people about Jesus, you either have to become a pastor's wife, or go overseas to missions. Like those are the two options. And I just remember thinking, okay, I guess, you know, you can't really always um, determine what your spouse's future job is going to be. So just planning to be a missionary. And so there's a lot of really weird mixed messages of, is this for you? Is this not for you? I was involved in a um, uh, um, mission short-term mission trips when I was in high school, that was, um, fundamentalist Baptist that I traveled with them for two summers. And, um, the Bible study that they had for the girls was, um, you know, it's so weird, you know, everything is in light pink colors and there's flowers everywhere. And there's, um, you talk about becoming really gentle and, and really submissive and, gentle and submissive aren't bad things. And so, I mean, there's, you know, there's, but there's no law and gospel distinctions in here. And pretty soon this, this um, heavily culturally influenced um, idea of what a perfect Christian Proverbs 31 woman is becomes, um, gets labeled as the gospel for women. And so you keep trying to do this and to be this. And I think a lot of women express this through Instagram and social media of, look, I'm I'm actually doing this. Please affirm me because I'm trying really hard to be this Proverbs 31 woman and, and get their affirmation from that. Um, and so trying to get the gospel, like just Jesus paid it all. It is in him. Um has unique challenges for women because a lot of us have this baggage of um, I have to be this way in order to be pleasing to the Lord. I don't know if that makes sense.
0: No, it makes absolute sense. I'm, I'm trying to parse out in my mind, again, from a pastor's perspective, where the breakdown happens. And it's probably all of the above. But the bigger question is, why can't we just give women... In women's groups, the gospel. Why is it that we think good, sound doctrine rooted in long gospel won't help them?
2: Yeah, so i I think a lot of it, and this is going to be probably um, sound nitpicky or that I have a beef with some people and I do but <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: um but there's there's a lot going on in Christian publishing cuz I remember when I wanted to um to publish my book ragged I went to several different publishers I went to a lot of uh writing conferences Christian Christian women publish uh writers um went and I was trying to explain I I wanted um, to talk about spiritual disciplines from a, a gospel-centered and and I took meetings with agents and various um, various editors, and I, I I won't forget what one agent when I was trying to explain she's like so is this like a new method that you're presenting on how they can successfully do this well. And I'm just like, actually it's the anti-method. It's just,
1: you know,
2: and, uh, focusing on, on Christ and, and how he is for us in this. And I said, I really want to get the women, the gospel and the agent, the literary agent, uh, looked at me and she's like, but the gospel doesn't sell. Um, (laughs) and I, which
0: Charles Finney heard that.
2: Yeah. (laughs) the, The gospel doesn't sell of, um, women, women, she explained to me, they, they want, they'll buy the method. They will buy the how-to. Um, and so a lot of Christian publishers know this and their whole marketing plan is around this. And, um, so research is being done on this now. Um, as I think sometime in the late seventies, early eighties, a lot of Christian resources really started to, it was kind of in response to the feminist movement that they wanted to do something that was more feminine and Christian. And, um, something that is kind of known as pink Bibles and blue Bibles, where there would be pink devotional Bibles and there would be blue devotional Bibles and there'd be, you know, women's, um, things and, and men's things. And what ended up happening in this is they would do several things like um, they would divide up biblical virtues that didn't really have a gender. Like, for instance, talking about courage or gentleness, which is for both men and women. Well, the men's Bible is going to talk about courage and the women's Bible is going to talk about gentleness. And they start to, uh, gendering things that were not gendered, and um, and highlighting certain things for the women that they weren't highlighting for the men, and they're finding studies now that um, that somewhere between um, one fourth and one third of women who have um, exclusively just female resources, um, when they hear their pastor give you know preach Christ crucified. For the forgiveness of sins um they're it's almost like they're um, they unconsciously remove themselves from that message
1: um
2: because they have been so programmed of if this isn't mess if this isn't directed towards me it's not for me and that's one of the reasons why I try to focus so much on gospel because I I'm telling you, I have never once, not once, spoken at an event. And it's usually women um, who are older, probably in their 50s or 60s. Um, there's not one time that a woman hasn't come up to me and said, I didn't know that was for me. Like, she's been in church for how long? And I know her, she's got an amazing pastor. And I know he he points people to Christ. Um, but she didn't know it was for her because... Um, she, she needed to hear it from another woman (laughs) Mm -hmm. and, and, and the gospel straight from another woman. Um, there's also some, there's a certain camp in publishing that think that if women speak or if women are teaching, um, they should only speak or teach about the list in Titus two. And so, um, Titus two talks, you know, at the beginning of the chapter, teach what accords to sound doctrine and then for the women. So, and if you look at that list, it's all law. And so if, um, it, yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep just taking,
0: <laughs> you know, so, so, yeah. Is, is the title of your next book saved through childbearing? Just so it- <laughs>
2: I know I, I joke with people. I'm like, well, I had six kids, so I'm good. Like I'm not, <laughs> no. um, yeah, it it's interesting because, and I I've, tr- I've explained this to pastors re- recently and kind of had a, some of them have had a light bulb moment where, um, if you look at any law in the Bible, there's several specific laws. There's laws for parents and laws for children and laws for men and laws for women. And, um, there, you can get into specifics when it comes to laws, um, all the time. But when we're talking about the gospel, there is, it's male or female, slave or free. Um, it, There's no gender, there's no class, there's such a um, Christ is for us that there's not that same distinction. And so if you're going to have a ministry and say, okay, let's just talk about the passage that are addressing just women, you're going to have a very law heavy um, ministry because you're handpicking law and you're not um, doing the general gospel message, if that makes, yeah.
1: yeah. So. so, you know, thinking about that, you know, some of the women's materials I've, I've come across or heard, uh, try to bring in the gospel, but it's, I think it's a gospel of, of beauty, like you're beautiful or, um, yeah, speak to that sort of their, tr- I think that, you know, to put the best ter- or the most charitable construction on it, they're, they're trying to bring some type of goodness or gospel message but uh it's it's not really the gospel
2: no and and i don't think any of us believe it like we we would we would really like to but i mean the the you're good enough or you're beautiful enough or you know and kind of this this gospel of affirmations of looking in the mirror and and saying, you know, I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And
1: Stuart Stuart yeah, Saturday Night You know,
2: I don't think anyone believes it. You know, and and we can yeah. try, but um, the idea that we are all sinners and we all fall short, um, it, I think that speaks more truth to to what a lot of us experience and a lot of us feel and, and this self doubt, um, there, um, I think it's so foreign to our terminology, even that, that talking about that, but at the same time, um, understanding the love of God is, um, I mean, I mean, that's, that's what we all want, that that's what we all need to know that that's where all the transformation comes. And so, yeah, bringing, bringing that into every conversation, every teaching, making sure you have the law and the gospel and not just, okay, we're going to, we're going to focus on the law and we're just going to leave you there, which is what I think a lot of women's ministry resources do.
0: Um do you think also that there is a separation uh, even at its best of the kind of gospel? Because, you know, what Brett brings up, what hear you talk about, it sounds like the upside for women's gospel ministry is always first article stuff that mm. that that it's the it's left with the the goodness of God's creation, which God's creation happens to be very good. And he provides for us but it doesn't seem like the gospel is ever extended to women's groups or targeted to women where the second article of the creed or the third article of the creed is emphasized.
2: Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And, um, as I've talked with a lot of pastors of, well, what resources do you recommend? Um, because it's, it's, there's a shortage of women's resources in the Lutheran circles. And I think pretty much every Lutheran church women's group that I've spoken at, we probably all use Lifeway. We, we all, you know, I mean, it's just, or or some extent to that. And, you know, there was one time where I was um, doing a a Bible study at my own church and um, it was, I had taken several years off because we were homeschooling, and finally childcare worked out, and I could lead a study again. And we were doing a video study, and some women, um, some women joined, so that uh, they're like, "Well, we know that you'll, you know, catch anything that's like really bad in here, so we want to make sure that you know we want to be in yours." And I'm like, "Well, great." Now I feel like I have to catch everything that they say that's stupid, and it ended up becoming really negative. And I asked my pastor, I said, "Could we just?" Could we just throw this out and just study the word and just go through verse by verse and talk about it? And he was totally on board with that. So he let me throw that out. And um, getting women in the word and equipping them, I think that the resource that I recommend most often is Luther's Small Catechism. I just don't even know how to improve upon that.
1: <laughs> so,
2: um when they're, when, when they're like, how how do we train women to lead Bible studies? No one wants to lead them. I'm like, well, if you grab a handful of women and say, we're gonna do a women's Bible study training program and you just walk through Luther's small catechism with them, I just I I I just don't know of anything better than that. Um it has been such a resource for me personally. And um, of course for Jason, you'd probably say the large catechism. You just take it
1: further. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh
2: So, yeah.
0: And it's interesting you bring that up because that's almost always the missing ingredient in all ministries of the church is, is this unwillingness to uh, look at the structure of the catechism in the wisdom of the way the foundations of our faith are grouped. Mm-hmm. You know, the the whole point with the Catechism it goes from law to gospel to prayer to sacraments, mm-hmm. and and there's there's a simpleness in understanding the flow of Scripture in that way too. Uh, but to to know that you can apply that to a women's group as well as a men's group, I think, you know, well, I hope not, but it it seems like it would almost be revolutionary to some pastors.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think. Um... I think also I've had some pastors, um, at the last seminar I gave on this, they're just like, you know, the women in our women's ministry, they kind of run it. Like I don't do a whole lot and I'm really worried that I'm going to step on some toes if I want to go in there and start changing things or say, I don't really like how, you know, the study that you're doing and, and, and there's, there's, um, there's a hesitancy to pick a fight with the women, which, which, <laughs> which I get. Um, but I also think um, there's two sides of that. I think most women's ministry are, are waiting to get noticed by their pastors and, and like the encouragement for it. I think there's some situations where um the women feel this is the only place in the church where they have some sense of autonomy and they're not ready to give that up. And so coming in almost as a support person of, I really want to support you better in, in what you guys are doing. And I, I really want to um, help facilitate so you're not uh, feeling alone in this. I think I think trying to express even to the leaders who might have a difficulty, um, changing things, see it as bringing in support and, and bringing in more training instead of, oh, you're doing it all wrong. Um, which I think is probably a fear that they sometimes have, but yeah.
0: With, with the pastor's perspective, I mean, that's great advice that you give, I, you know, maybe an unfairly difficult question, but, but I'd like to hear the answer because pastors so rarely open themselves up to criticism. Uh, what, what would you say pastors are doing wrong? Just generally speaking, when we think about the area of women's ministry and targeting women in our congregations,
2: um, Probably the thing that I would take issue the most is some pastors would say, um, I'm not involved in what's going on in the women's ministry because I'm not worried about them. Everything is, you know, they're very well attended and everyone there is really involved. And so I don't, um, I'm more worried about the men who aren't showing up and the men who's not coming to the Bible study and and focusing. And so just kind of like, you know, the, the women are doing stuff, so they're fine. Um, I take issue with that because I've met a lot of these women and a lot of them are working so hard because they don't have the gospel. (laughs) They're, they're really overworking themselves and they really have no, um, it's kind of a, an extreme of you either get the workaholic in the church or you get the, um, I don't want to participate and I'm just going to withdraw and, and do stuff for my family and with my family. So you either get workaholic or withdrawing. And um and sometimes that can be a sign that they have such a law heavy ministry going on that yeah, they they might be getting stuff done, but are they but are they getting Christ crucified on a regular basis? Um so I think um maybe uh, I hear a lot of pastors just um, see that women are hosting a lot of events, so they must be fine. And, and I think that that can be um, deceiving.
0: Um, in the AFLC, we have a women's missionary federation, but we don't have a men's missionary federation. And, uh, my, my church has a women's Bible study, but we don't have a men's Bible study. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe there is something to the fact that churches will always spend resources on people who aren't coming yet rather than worry about the people who are there.
2: Yeah, Yeah. And and I suppose that's, that's just, um, that's what we all do. So yeah, it's, it's what we all do.
0: I want to maybe switch gears a little bit, same topic, different focus. You are also a teacher of women Mm -hmm. and I think maybe the conservative Lutheran church talks about women teaching, uh, only slightly less than we talk about the Holy spirit. And <laughs> uh, you know, how do we approach this well without just conjuring up the women's ordination boogeyman or anything along those lines?
2: Well, It is like a tightrope balancing act, isn't it? Um, Cause I, I hate the women's ordination discussion. Um, it, so teaching women, yeah, I think I think the main thing that um, is important to me is that we are getting sound theological training for women. Um, I think this is incredibly important. I think um, I think a lot of times women will get a watered down, easy to to process version. Um, I would say the the younger generations, probably the millennial on down. Um, the women will not be satisfied with light and fluffy, um, not, and I don't mean that in a, in a, um, bad way towards the older generations. It's just as, um, life, when I talk with a lot of, uh, women's ministries who are saying we're not getting the younger women, we're not getting the younger women, how do we get them to come? I'll say the younger women are so busy with how sports are these days and running their families around that if you're not giving them really solid, dense meat, they won't find it's worth their time. And so they they really feel no desire to go to a social event. And um, so getting sound theology to women, well, then you're going to have to start training some women to teach the women. Um, as I mentioned before, hearing from a woman's voice the gospel for a quarter to a third of the women is going to hit differently for them. And, um, I'm, I'm a big believer that, um, God uses all the voices. (laughs) He needs the whole choir of the church, um, pointing to Christ crucified. And so, yeah, I, I would love to see more, um, pastors get involved in, in training women in that and discipling women, which, it's really tricky then Mm -hmm. because then there's all of the, okay, well, should I be meeting alone with this women or how many women or how, you know, I am there's like all of this, like, um, awkwardness to it Mm -hmm. that, that we're all in. And so, um, so trying to get, um, I don't know, all parties to feel comfortable with it is, is often difficult bringing a, group into it is often helpful. Um, bring, that's why I say bring, you know, a handful of women and just to study this small catechism. Um, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but those are some thoughts on that.
0: I think that was very well said. Thank you. It's, uh, it, it seems like in, in, I like to, to blame social media for everything cause it's lazy and <laughs> easy, but, uh, we've lost any sense of nuance when we talk about things. And it's like, it's, a, it's, we are capable of providing someone a theological education without making them a minister, without yes. you know making them a pastor. Ordination yeah. is, is something other than a master of divinity.
2: Yeah. And I mean, I'll, I'll get, I'll get yelled at at both sides. There, there will be some who will say, Oh, you shouldn't be teaching, Doctrine to women—that's out of your realm. You should just be teaching them how to care for their children and love their husbands. And then I'll get people from the other side saying, "Why won't you be ordained?" And you know, just you know, um, you're you're rejecting your calling on your life and things like that. And it's like, no, what? There has to be some other way (laughs) to to be faithful in that. And um, just I think anytime you start. Um, I don't know if the correct term is ministering, but, but, um, uh, serving those in the church, um, I think that you're going to get criticism and and you just have to start getting comfortable with someone always being mad at you, but, um, it's definitely where it is for, for being a woman, woman trying to teach. Um, now I totally lost what the original question was. Well, I went okay. down <laughs>
0: No, that was good. I I think we gotta tie things up. Uh, we're we're getting close to the end of our time. Uh, what is to to a? Uh, I know we have several female listeners on the Being Lutheran podcast. I interact with many of them. Uh, what is uh, we're gonna do? Law gospel here, law gospel game. Uh, what is one challenge you would issue as a woman in? a teaching ministry to give to a female Christian and what is one encouragement you would give to them?
2: Okay. So challenge and encouragement. Yeah. All right. Um, for the women, for the women, for a woman, um, one challenge would be, um, pick up some pick, ask your, ask your pastor for, uh, a good theology read. Ask him what he would recommend that you pick up next. Um, I think we are so often um, looking at whether I don't know how many Christian bookstores are around anymore on social media, and and all the the fancy books out there. Um, but just l- let you letting yourself be shepherded by your actual shepherd instead of social media. Um, ask your pastor what he would recommend um, next. I think because all of us could use um, another interesting read and it might just start a conversation of, well, what are you interested in? Or what questions do you have? Or or something like that. Um, And an encouragement would be um, that, yeah, Christ died for the forgiveness of your sins. And you are a part of the church just as much as any man is a part of the church, and um, your place and um, the service serving that you have um, is going to be something that the church needs because God put you there. You have a, a you have a place there. I guess that would just be it
0: no better encouragement than the gospel.
1: (laughs) That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Gretchen, for being with us today. I know, Jason, do you have any other uh, comments or questions as we wrap up our time?
0: No, as much as I'd like to keep generating episodes with Gretchen, I think this is a good place to stop. Thanks again for your time, Gretchen.
2: Oh, thanks for having me. This was fun.
0: Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Please join us next week as we continue our discussion on the Lutheran Confessions. God bless you and have a great week.